When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. guys welcome back to another episode of not your average conversations not your average perspectives not your average black girls not your average black girls not your average black not your average black <laughs> <girls>. <laughs> okay so it's episode two and the gang's all here we've got megan dice and jordan and before we get into today's topic which is very exciting i hope you all are just you know on the edge of your your seats waiting for what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> we're going to let Megan do the Not Your Average Black Girl shout out for this episode. What's up, everybody? So this week's Not Your Average Black Girl shout out is going to go to one of my best friends. Her name is Dawn. Dawn is the CEO of a um, health company. She focuses on skin, beauty, and wellness. The company is called Glow Essentials. If you want to follow her company on Instagram, it's at G L O W. E-S-C-E-N-T-U-A-L-S. It is such a great company and I am biased because she's my best friend, but I have purchased so many of her products and I'm telling y'all, you're going to love it. Um, Everything is handcrafted, 100% natural, paraben-free, cruelty-free, all the good stuff that we look for when we're looking at products we're going to put on our face and our body. Dawn is from Savannah like me, so you know I have to plug the 912 at all times any given opportunity I have. Um, She's a black woman, so you would be supporting a black-owned business. She has so much stuff, y'all. It's face masks, scrubs, lip gloss, soap, body butter. Um, For my women out there, she has some Yoni Steam products, Yoni Wash, Yoni Pearls. So you don't want to miss out. We're recording this episode right now. It is August 8th for us. Um, And today, her website just relaunched y'all. So this is perfect timing. If you want to shop with her, just go to glowessentialsbathandbody.com. I spelled it out for y'all earlier and you won't be disappointed. I'm telling you, there's so much good stuff. I got to go make my purchase when we get off of here because I fell asleep at midnight when it relaunched. But y'all go check out my girl Dawn, Glow Essentials, support a black business. And that is our Not Your Average Black Girl shout out. Okay. Thank you, Megan. Um, so I know on our last episode, we did do Brianna Taylor as our Not Your Average Black Girl shout out. And Dice, I believe you have an update on that. Yes. So as y'all know, Brianna Taylor's case has gotten nationwide, if not even worldwide attention. And thanks to all of that, there is finally a formal investigation launched by the FBI. So we are all hoping and praying that we get a positive outcome. And also, as y'all know, she was, excuse me, Breonna Taylor was on the cover of Oprah's magazine, which I'm sure gave it even more recognition. And it was a big deal because Oprah doesn't give up her cover. So (laughs) I'm very happy to see that she was willing to sacrifice her cover for a good cause and for Breonna Taylor. So let's just keep her in all our thoughts and prayers. 
Okay. All right, guys. So now it's time to get into the topic for today. Um, so we're going to be discussing early 90s. I mean, wait, late thousands, early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know we're live, y'all. <laughs> we're going to be discussing pop culture. I had one job, y'all. Pop culture. In the late 90s, early 1000s versus today. And so um, we got a lot of things that we want to talk about with this because we're bringing, I feel like, a lot of maybe little known facts to light or just things that we may not have paid attention to as our younger selves, you know, with us being 90s babies. When a lot of this, uh, when a lot of these things were happening, we were probably like, what? Definitely elementary, but like, you know, kindergarten, first grade, things like that. So we probably just weren't really paying attention. And so it's really interesting to be our age now and look back on these things. Nice. What year were you born? See, I don't see why we got to get like specific. Um, now, man, you, know, man, you don't have to do that. Way. Because I'm like the oldest on here. And, no, you know, no, no, I no. Listen, you're I'm not like, old. That was a slight. No, you you're know? not old. But for whatever reason, I don't know why I thought you were born in 1989. So when Jordan said we're all 90 babies. But that's young. You're not even 30. Don't do it. You're not even 30. Yeah, I was about to say, Dice, you're a 90s baby, right? I I was about to say, you don't have to confirm. I don't know why I said it right. But I was like, I'm pretty sure. You know, this conversation is over. Y'all just need to know that I was born in the 90s. We're going to leave it at that. I genuinely was like, isn't Dice born in? I don't know why I thought you were born in eighty nine, but you're not even thirty. That I guess that goes to show how off hey, my math. You're just making it worse. My you're bad. just making it worse. My bad, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. yeah. So let's get you know. Let's get back on track because Dice is going. You know, trying. I don't know. Run us over. But um. So the first topic for for today, we want to get into body shaming. So I think. The first example of that would be Mariah Carey. I know we all see our queen Mariah today. Um, and if anybody just kind of remembers her from the late 90s, early early thousands, I mean, obviously she was younger. Obviously there's a change. She's had twins, you know what I'm saying? So the female body is amazing with the things that we can do. And she still looks good to me. But um, from what we were, you know. Yeah, from back in the day, it was a different story. So thank you. In the, in the 90s, early 2000s, y'all know Mariah was a huge star. Um, and rightfully so, because the girl could sing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's a major star. And unfortunately, due to a lot of controversy in her career and her personal life, you know, a lot of things got overshadowed. Um, but I do think that Meg has a little bit more insight into her direct story and how it's linked to body shaming. So I'll let Meg kind of take it from here. I just know that during the glitter era, as everyone likes to say, it's kind of when she really started getting a lot of um, flack for her body. I mean, so she was already under scrutiny during that time, right? Because people were saying the movie was trash. But when she was doing um, music video to boost up, um, what was the song, y'all? The the Lover Boy, the one that has candy in the background. I know that it was like really that video and some of the press that she did for the movie, some of the photo shoots is when it really started where people were like, oh, she's fat or oh my God, look at her body. And this is long before twins. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was really shocked when I learned that. I was like, wait, they thought that this 
was fat. Like I'm I'm confused and I don't know what fat is because yeah. Shadi has on a bikini, like <laughs> probably was the best that her body has ever looked, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And to know that that was the time where she got the most hate for it was just like wow. So yeah, I mean Mariah Carey's on the body shaming list. Um who else? Yeah. Uh, we also have Alicia Silverstone from Clueless, one of my personal favorite movies from the 90s. Same. Um, when she was in Clueless, she was not body shamed, but it was afterwards when she was in one of the Batman movies and they started to body shame her then and call her fat. It was um, Batman and Robin. I love that movie. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Batman and, and you know what's also more interesting about that random fact? That was actually like one of the worst performing Batman movies which I thought was funny because I also loved it but maybe because we were kids I don't know it was it was one of the worst but I love it I love a good I love a good d-list film on any given day okay I'm here for the bad movies I love so yeah she was known as the fat girl and I don't know you know again same with Mariah Carey if y'all were to go back and look up their pictures from that time period I don't think the average person would say they were fat um, you know, Alicia Silverstone to me just looked regular. Like she wasn't skinny. She wasn't fat. She was like a good size, but she was considered fat. She um, was another, Yes, exactly. Another person that was considered fat was Drew Barrymore. They used to make baby fat comments about her all the time. And Drew Barrymore does have like a curvier physique or whatever. Um, but I think at that time in the nineties, into the early two thousands, they just did not want to see any sort of fat anything that could be remotely considered fat they wanted nothing to do with um and so kind of to put everything into perspective paris hilton at that time especially the early 2000s her body was considered the ideal so which i think is really weird because i look at um older pictures of paris hilton and i mean just rectangle i mean just straight down you know what i'm saying like straight down and so i was like this is weird and like when you look at low-rise jeans and stuff you always find pictures of paris hilton and i feel like her clothes are like hanging at her thighs like that's how long (laughs) and low her stuff would be yep and they liked being able to see like the hip bones um yeah which paris hers were definitely protruding because she was so small um, so they really like admired that. I don't know. It was just a thing. It was just a thing, y'all. That's all I can say. Mm. Um, well, what about, you know, aside from, okay, so Paris Hilton's body was considered ideal. And then we're talking about all the other people off the top of our heads who we know were body shamed or fat shamed at some point. Um, but we definitely saw that in TV and in film as well. Cause I know that off camera, we've discussed how like, plus size women were always um the funny friend in shows and movies you know a big one that people are talking about right now especially on twitter is um kim on moesha Mm -hmm. so you know and i mean i think i don't know if y'all remember but once moesha like finally ended and like they all kind of had to like fend for themselves out here uh kim ended up on one of those like (laughs) celebrity weight loss shows uh on vh1 i can't remember it was like celebrity fit club don't quote me but she ended up on one of those shows and at that time she had had her body done which back then was like really crazy because it wasn't like how it is now so it was like not too many people were like getting it done and let alone like admitting that they got it done right and she was talking about how she had her body done because she wanted more ass 
And she was like, you know, she wanted to be seen as a vixen or like as sexy and stuff like that, which was like really interesting for the time because clearly her role on Moesha was the complete opposite and Mm -hmm. probably not by her choosing, but because that's what they felt was best. And so they kind of like in the 90s, you could see that all the time on their shows where it was like, oh, you have to pair, you know, the quote unquote fat girl with the skinny girl or whatever to bring the skinny girl out even more. Like it was just this weird thing. And on the, all the fat girl could be was funny. And that was it. They didn't want her to be nothing else. It was just like, you got to be the funny fat friend and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I think she was bothered by that too. And that's a whole another story. Cause I know y'all know there's drama behind her and Brandy on the set of Moesha, but nevertheless, she's one of the few that got pegged into that whole fat friend thing. Right. Right. I just think, you know, misrepresentation or underrepresentation is just a big theme in the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, singing or acting or TV or things like that. But I mean, we talk about making sure that you have black people represented. Like you always hear, um, you know, people complaining about making sure that black people play uh, play black people or that, you know, members of the LGBTQ plus community play members of the LGBTQ plus community. And so I think the same like lack of knowledge and understanding that the industry displays whenever they will cast somebody who's unfit for a specific role. I think you see those same mistakes made when they were trying to cast plus size or full size or, you know, everyday sized women in these roles in the, you know, late nineties, early thousands, like they just didn't know what they were doing. So they were making mistakes all over the place. And so, um, you know, I don't know, you just see people having to carve out, I think the desire And the want for these, like, I don't know, for these underrepresented communities in these respective areas of the entertainment industry. Because you had Monique when she hosted, what was that, like the BET Awards when she Mm -hmm. did the Mm -hmm. plus size girl version of Beyonce. I can't even remember what song um, it was, you know? Crazy in Love. Crazy in Love. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is a little bit of a tangent, but like um, where I'm from in Alabama, one of the local HBCU colleges there um, you know, like the the dancers for the band is like a really big thing with HBCUs. And so they came out with a plus size dance line. And that was like a really big thing the year they came out with that. And then you started seeing other HBCUs doing it. But my whole point is, well, how come we had to create a whole different dance team? How come there needs to be like a whole different performance for this? Why weren't these body shapes represented in the original? You know, like, why do we have to carve out a whole different um, area in order to show the desire of this body style or the desire of this underrepresented X, Y, and Z. So I don't know. I just think people have to learn and grow. And that's what we saw in the nineties was just ignorance and no knowledge, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and then not even just within like TV shows and movies, but even on vacation. Cause I know y'all remember back when Tyra Banks had her TV show and um this is back when i mean tabloids are still a thing but i feel like they don't make as much money back when tabloids were still really huge and she was on vacation on the beach having a good time in her bathing suit um and they took pictures of her and like shamed her and was like look at her legs look at her thighs she's gained weight all of this stuff she got right on her talk show in that bathing suit and was telling all them people oh you think i'm fat okay kiss my fat ass and i loved it like i was like okay shawty then opened up the show with the bathing suit on she letting you know right now she don't care what you think but like how sad was that that 
yeah. she couldn't even enjoy herself. And she wasn't even fat, is what's the yeah. funny part about it. Because, like, she had retired from modeling and she still looked damn good. And yeah. to this day, still looks damn good. But yeah, it just shows you like there was just no leeway for any, especially women, because you didn't really see a lot of body shaming of men. There was no leeway for women to gain any sort of weight. Like they were expected to be the same size they were at 16 or 18 at 35 or 40, which is insane because most people do not stay the same size their whole entire life. Unless you're lucky. I mean, I know I don't shit. Um, But nevertheless, (laughs) yeah, it was a big deal when she did that because like, that was, I think, 2007, and I believe at that time, like, she went viral, quote-unquote, for 2007, because it wasn't like people went viral all the time then, and so she went viral, and it, and it became a big movement where I think she kind of opened that door for other celebrities later on in the future to feel more comfortable fighting back when they were body shamed, so kudos to Tyra for that. Exactly. I agree. So we know body shaming was going on late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Another thing, this is probably a favorite topic for the three of us. <laughs> so our listeners are going to be like, where is this coming from? But y'all, we are all about uncovering like these people who can't really sing and who, you know, let other people sing on the track and they just lip sing. Like we're all about this. And so I feel like, um, I feel like Jordan or it was it you dice. I can't remember which one of y'all did like the most research on this, but I cannot even take credit for like everything that we've uncovered. <laughs> I think dice and I like both went down the rabbit hole, but I'm not going to lie. When I got into it, I became the damn doctor expert on this situation because I was just so appalled by what I was reading. And I, I mean, I was angry and honestly, I was like, I'm going to stop listening, listening to this girl because I mean, she doesn't deserve it. Not, mm-hmm. it. It's hard, but it's like, she doesn't deserve it. And this is somebody who I do feel like at the end of the day is pretty unproblematic. So, um, there was, you know, there was, I don't know. It, it's just weird. It's weird. Well, let's so, not keep them in suspense any longer. I know, I know, I know. So <laughs> J-Lo is who we're talking about for those who are probably like, what? We're talking about J-Lo. Um, so J-Lo can't sing. I'm going to just go ahead and make that declarative statement um, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's proven by fact. We are not just pulling this out of our own behinds. It's not just our own opinion. J-Lo cannot sing. Um, and this came about because Megan, going back to Mariah Carey, brought up glitter one day and she was talking about the glitter era the movie glitter that mariah carey um you know uh directed or i don't even know she she didn't direct it but she had a hand that she started it and well she started it and then like she had a big i think like a big creative hand in it Mm -hmm. obviously but nonetheless glitter and so megan kept saying the glitter era the glitter era and i was like what is she talking about with glitter era And so I did some research and I looked it up and I came across like the big fiasco about Mariah Carey and her ex-husband and just why we saw her have that um, breakdown on TRL when Carson Daly was like, Mariah Carey's going crazy on TRL or on live TV right now. She came in with the ice cream pops and stuff. But um, yeah, so I was like, you know, what's going on? Long story short, please go look up those videos if you want to know about the Mariah Carey part. But her husband or her ex-husband, what's his name? Like, Tommy I don't Mottola, know. I think. Tommy Matola, yeah. who was like the vice president of Universal Records, I think. He had gotten a new artist and that new artist was 
the one and only Jennifer Lopez. And he was trying to push her on the community at the same time that Mariah Carey was trying to put out not only her glitter movie, but the glitter soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And so um, basically everything or every little trick up her sleeve that Mariah Carey had for that glitter soundtrack, um, Tommy was getting wind of it and putting out something very similar, if not, you know, exactly like um, the Mariah Carey version with J-Lo. And so that's how we ended up getting the both Amrils, the original one and the one with her and Ja Rule. And then um, a couple of her other her other songs. And so as we go into her other songs, I think the biggest thing that we found out was the fact that J-Lo wasn't even singing these songs. <laughs> Not only was like Tommy stealing ideas from Mariah Carey, at least for me, they were also like stealing voices of other people. And some of these, like we already know, like on the I'm Real with Ja Rule, for example, everybody knows that that's um, uh, Ashanti's voice on the hook, you know? But that's because Ashanti wrote the song and then they just left her voice from the demo on the release track. But then um, there's other songs like Play where um, she kept Christina Milian's voice on the hook. And that's because Christina Milian wrote the song. So she just kept the voice from the demo on the release track. And then there's some other songs like Waiting for Tonight, which was um, recorded by a group called Third Party. And then once again, she just kept the vocals from the original version and I think she sampled that song so what they would do is they would keep the vocals from either sampled songs or demos and then J-Lo would either like mouth over it in the video um and then you know just full a completely gullible group of people and they're thinking well damn this is J-Lo singing you know never noticing that she sounded different on everything you know what I'm saying it's just like Ooh, we like this song right here but funny story about this waiting for tonight one so that like the original song actually was posed to her first and they wanted her to record it. And Jayla was like, no, nah, I'm not really feeling the song. So then that group third party got the song. And then after they recorded it, Jayla was like, nah, let me get that back. <laughs> like, let me get that back. I want to do my version now. Which I thought was so stupid. Like she literally waited for them to do the work and then was like, okay, I'll take it back now. We all but, know um, why she waited too. Cause she couldn't do it. Exactly. She could not do it. Like exactly. She ain't stupid. She was like, oh, y'all go ahead, let these little girls do it real quick and send it back my way. Yeah, like I, I mean, Jayla was slimy for that. And I mean, yeah. we could talk about what the industry's intentions were and in allowing her to do that. Obviously, you know, colorism, the fact that she was Latina or Hispanic, you know, um, that would definitely be one of the bigger selling points as to why they rather just keep her in the video and use all these other random people's voices and just allow her to sing over it. But that just really made me look at JLo some type of way to know that she knew that was going on and to rob not necessarily the Christina Millions and the Ashantis of their career, because clearly they still got their, you know, shine and they still found success in other ways. But for other people like third party and um, yeah, Natasha Ramos, which was one girl they used a lot. They used her a lot because she actually sounded like J-Lo. Mm -hmm. and, um, but better. But better, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, not a hard thing to do, but... Um, and they used another young lady's voice a lot and a lot of little known songwriters, like, you know, just people who wrote songs and made demos and then they just kept their voices on it. I think that's really messed up that, you know, J-Lo was just so cool with robbing people of, you know, um, potential spotlight and, you know, not necessarily always giving them that credit. And Natasha Ramos, I even read where they like blackballed her out of the industry. So then she had a hard time trying to go solo and make a name for herself because they didn't want it to be known like, hey, that's the 
that's the same voice that I hear on JLo songs, you know, like they, they didn't want her to get her, her due time. So I, for those reasons, cannot even bang with JLo or look at her the same, which sucks. Mm -hmm. Like I said, because I do feel like she's unproblematic, just kind of, you know, minds her business tends to her kids and her man. But, um, knowing that that's how she found her fame and her success, I can't get with it if you didn't own it or at least give credit. I mean, she could always come out now and be like, look, I got a confession. Cause who going to take her money from her now? You know? But um, that that's just kind of messed up. And I was really shocked to see that that whole lip singing and stealing, just just vocal stealing was so big from this one artist in particular. And I'm sure countless others, but J-Lo was the one. That I think know. to tie up the J-Lo thing, because, you know, she did lose out on one major hit song, which is worth mentioning. And okay. that was from the talented artist, um, Amory, who, you know, kind of came and went. But nevertheless, she did have a big hit song, you know, the One Thing song, which was very popular, had that big band sort of sound to it. It was very unique. But when Amory recorded it, long story short, the studio told her they didn't like it, wasn't going to sell, trash it, basically. Somehow J-Lo had gotten wind of it, heard it, and wanted it. And so once Amory and her team found out that J-Lo wanted the song, they went ahead and leaked it. <laughs> so that Amory... <laughs> So anyway, you know, karma, karma is nothing to play with. So, you know, Amory definitely got that song and they, they did try to, you know, get her back with that. Uh, what was that little raggedy song J-Lo had that we all was like, no. What's that little dance song she tried to come out with after that? Child, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it was Get Right. Get yes, right. Get Right. So J-Lo tried it with Get Right, but it, did, it didn't work out. Oh, so. I didn't like that song. But never mind. <laughs> Yeah. But the funny story about that song, I know we're trying to wrap up J-Lo, but I'm telling y'all it's so interesting. So that song was actually um, an unreleased song from Usher's Confessions 2 album, I think, or either the first one. It was one of them. It was whichever one made the biggest splash. That was one of the unreleased songs from that album. And because J-Lo couldn't get a Marie's one thing, she wanted a song with that same sound. And so... Whoever the people were, you know, like Tommy Matula or like obviously um, the lawyers from the respective labels, they bought the song, the unreleased version of Usher's song. And then that's what J-Lo obviously used to make the get right. But Usher didn't know that they had bought the song. So he actually like made some statements and he was like, I'm not necessarily sure how she got the song, but all I know is that I better get paid. You know what I'm saying? Um, because according to him, he did not approve. Yeah, child. I don't know. I, you know, I these people scream out here. I don't have many opinions on J Lo thing. Um, I think it's just a perfect example of how black women do your research and learn how to protect yourself or get your mama to be a manager, something. Because clearly, all these people who were singing these songs for her had no idea how to protect themselves from right. having their voices, you know, stolen like that. Um, which does kind of lead into another thing that we noticed goes on or excuse me, went on within pop culture in the late 90s and early 2000s, which was colorism. Um, I know we discussed this, I feel like, so much in the Black community, you know, the light skin versus dark skin conversation, you know, pitting ourselves against one another. Um, and there are so many examples out there. We could probably talk about this for days but we can we can kick it off with who I know Dice felt like this person at one point was deemed like kind of the it girl 
um, in Hollywood amongst black people and white people mm-hmm. as a representation. So Dice, you want to talk a little bit about Miss yeah. Barry? yeah so Halle Berry uh, in the 90s especially like I think the late 90s early 2000s was the it girl Uh, to me there was no other black actress that got as much prominence as she did during that time and obviously Halle Berry is biracial Um, I do think her features are more black but she is biracial. But one thing about Holly Berry is she has never identified as anything other than black, to my knowledge. I, I think it has come out of her mouth on several occasions that she considers herself to be a black woman. And I think Hollywood liked her because obviously she's a very pretty lady. Um, but I think the light skin thing is what played the biggest factor in her success. And I'm not saying that she wasn't a talented actress because I do think she's a good actress. But I think there could have been any number of brown skin or dark skin women who were trying to be actors or actresses at that time um, and they couldn't get as far as her because they either didn't have the look or they didn't have the complexion that Hollywood deemed appropriate at that time. Right. So, you know, obviously Holly Berry was super successful, but I just think she's a good example of how, you know, how far at that time, especially being light skin and cute could get you, Right. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much my little two cents on Halle Berry. Yeah, we've seen a lot of examples of that, though. I mean, uh, and these are all people that I like, but I just have to be honest. Like when I think about it, like Cassie, I mean, it's a perfect example. Being light skinned and cute, she really can't sing. Don't do that. Um, don't do that. No, I'm <laughs> doing it because it's the don't, truth. I'm doing it because it's the do truth. That to me and you, I don't care. Cassie can model too. Okay, I don't care. There are a lot of girls out there who are pretty who will never get the opportunity to do the things that she's got an opportunity to Amen. do all because Very they true. don't look like her. So Amen. I don't true. care. But she can't sing. Um, even though we talked about how she was ripped off earlier, Christina Million really can't sing. I mean, <laughs> but she's pretty. Wow. <laughs> but she's pretty. So I mean, she's singing her name. J-Lo, so no. I, mean, I kind of feel like. Well, no. oh no, I do feel like she can sing better than Jayla. I mean, yeah. is is her voice all that? No, but no. can she at least carry a tone? I mean, a tune, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like too, their careers only went but so far. Like, yeah, Cassie had a few singles. Now, Christina Million, I mean, she had Dip It Low. If we talk about singles, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I mean, that's about it. But I feel like for them, it's always been the men they were attached to. So yes. Christina Million had Nick Cannon at that time. Then she had Lil Wayne. Then she had The Dream. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, Cassie had Diddy. You know, like, it, it's just always been the men that they were attached to. Which I did nothing for her it's, career. Thank you. Thank you. That's how they got their opportunities, though. Like, I mean, because Cassie was modeling for what Ciroc and any other thing Diddy had going on. You know, like, they've always had opportunities attached yeah. to their but men, still, not necessarily on their own. They still, got further, they still got further than the average dark-skinned girl would have gotten trying to pursue the same career field. And that's what I'm saying, is at the yeah. end of the day, the fact that they were cute and light-skinned yes. is what got it their helped. foot in the door. And so... I only said that to say because you were saying like there are many of people who could have easily like been, I guess, Holly Berry's status or whatever. And it made me think about how like, well, that still goes on. Like that's not even, you know, necessarily pertinent just to late 90s, early no. 2000s. That's still it's going just the on. Fact that she was like the main, you know, the main chick. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, uh, she was like the main chick. Talent too, though. But yeah. I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. But um, speaking yeah. of the whole like girl groups and singing and all that stuff, you know, I think it's important to mention 3LW because, uh, you know, we all grew up with them. And I was a big fan when I was a little teenager, a tween or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I can't even remember, but I was young when they came out. But nevertheless, not to ramble. <laughs> Um, I know y'all should all remember Notori. If you don't know her from 3OW, then you definitely know her from Power. Um, she did play, you know, ghost scorned lover, <laughs> the scorned wife, ex-wife, whatever you want to call her. But anyways, when she was in 3OW, there was issues with colorism because she she blatantly said that the those in charge management told her that she needed to stay towards the back whenever they did like performances or music videos because dark skinned girls, this is a quote, dark skinned girls weren't as marketable as Latina and light skinned women, end quote. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll have to keep in mind that 3LW, they were all really young and Notori was only like 15, I think when the group got started. And by the time she gave this interview, she was 18 where she was talking about the whole being pushed to the back thing. So at that age, she didn't really realize like how wrong it was. I think, I think she just was kind of like going with whatever they told her to do because she wanted to sing. And she said that was one of the most importance to her. But I just think it's interesting how, you know, we talked about J-Lo earlier. J-Lo was the it girl for the Latina community at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, as, as, a, as a group, they wanted Adrian to basically be, you know, a young J-Lo. And just threw Keely in the mix because she was light-skinned. Right. <laughs> and exactly. so, unfortunately, you know, the Tory got pushed aside and there's a lot of drama behind their whole story. But I just think it's just interesting that it shows you, again, the mindset of the time was light skin first by all means necessary and everybody mm-hmm. else is an afterthought yeah and i know there are a lot of people who have the the whole theory in their mind that you know the reason we go after you know light skin or try to put the light skin people at the front is because it's what's closest to white and i ain't getting into all that <laughs> i don't <laughs> think that everybody thinks like that quite frankly but i mean yeah no i can 100% see that being the story at the end of the day they weren't lying at that time i mean that's what they were marketing was light-skinned women latino women mixed women whatever Mm -hmm. i mean that's what they were marketing and um you know her look unfortunately was not you know seen as as sexy or desirable or whatever it is they were trying to market these these 15 and 16 year old (laughs) girls as her look her look didn't have it so that i mean nothing about that shocks me it's it's always kind of been that way and to some extent still is which we'll get into but that doesn't shock me um another big one is um shout out to aunt viv light skin aunt viv versus dark skin aunt viv you know that's a big one people got big mad about the fact that okay i understand you fell out with will so you know you got fired but when they recast her role for them to put a completely different complexion woman in the role just was like, dang. So that's how y'all feel. Like not only did you just recast someone that your audience has, you know, grown to love. Cause by that time, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was established, but 
you went lighter. Like, I know a lot of people still feel some type of way about that. Oh, yeah. That was a huge And I know a lot of people talk about, um, like, just their personalities, too. Some people draw the differences between that. So, like, Dark Skin on Viv was a, a lot feistier, you know? Like, she mm-hmm. had a bigger voice. Um, whereas Light Skin and Viv was a little bit more, you know, meek and calm and go with the flow. So, I don't know. A little more yeah. prim and proper. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jordan, because that seemed to be a theme in a lot of shows in the 90s, early 2000s, where the light-skinned character was seen as more prim, more proper, and the dark-skinned character was loud, boisterous, you know, doing the most. So the same can be said about Pam and Gina and Martin. You know, they're obvious parallels. And even in the way that Martin would tease Pam, like obviously Martin was a big jokester, so he teased everybody. But the jokes about Pam in particular were a little bit more egregious. He would call Pam a beast and nappy-headed, tell her how she can't get a man, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, yeah, at the time, I'm sure it was funny. But when you look at it now, it's like, okay, the worst that Gina usually got was what, a big head? <laughs> like, you know, so like comparing the two, it just, it was a bit extreme. Um, also, and I didn't realize this until I did research, but even for our generation where we had the Proud family and you had Penny and Dijonay. So obviously Penny was light-skinned, Dijonay was dark-skinned. And there were huge parallels in the characters where Penny, you know, she seemed to come from a pretty well-to-do family, you know, had a nice house. Mm-hmm. She was again prim and proper. She was smart or whatever. Dijonay, they made that girl loud, ghetto, ghetto. <laughs> kids, you know, like to me, siblings or whatever, you know, come from this huge family or whatever, like no manners, can't get a man, always chasing somebody who don't want her, sticky or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, they did it even in the cartoons. They yeah. did the same thing. And I think like, I'll, I'll say this. I think that when people come up with these concepts in these shows, I think the idea, I'll just give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I think the idea behind it is to show that like, it's all different people, all different backgrounds coming together in friendship and family or whatever, but where they consistently go wrong is, you know, like we said, with pointing it out, like, why does it always have to be the dark skinned person that's coming from the less fortunate background? Or why is it always the dark skinned person um, that has to be you know, the the heavy friend or why is it the heavy friend that always has to be the one that can't get a man? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with showing different dynamics, different personalities, different backgrounds on a TV show. I just don't like how it's consistently the same type of person that has to be in that, I don't know, I guess in that negative role, so to speak. Yep. No, I agree. And I will say side note about Martin. My opinion might be a little bit controversial, and that's all right. But I ain't going for that. I feel like Martin and Pam, like, they had a very, I don't know, and, and, you know, I don't know Martin Lawrence personally, so I could be way wrong. And so if somebody could find the receipts, y'all just let me know. But I just feel like that's the way that it was written. Like, I feel like if Gina and Pam, like, I feel like if if, um, Tisha and, um, Lord, what's the name? Y'all know who I'm saying. I feel like if they would have swapped roles, I don't think that the dynamic of what that relationship between Martin and Pam would have changed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that just was the way that it was written. And that's who, Tashina, Tashina Arnold. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to think of her name. I think that's just the way that it was written. And that's the dynamic that he wanted for those two 
characters. Like he had some um, harsh jokes for her, but she had equally harsh ones for him. And I, I don't think that was a dark skin, light skin thing. I think there was meant to constantly be banter between those two characters. And that's what we got. I think some of what you're saying is, is accurate. The only um, really call out I have is that supposedly a lot of it was off the cuff and was not written. So mm, a lot okay. of like Martin's jokes were just random jokes. So that's why I think some people will feel like, okay, well, why is your, your random jokes about Pam this way, but your random jokes about Gina are totally different. So just something to keep in mind, but I do think Meg, you had a good point. It could have easily been that's how they were. It's possible, but we'll never really know. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about... um? Uh, now I didn't really watch this show like that. I didn't told y'all that, but <laughs> my wife and kids, my fiance loves that show. So I feel like he should almost have a mic up in here next <laughs> to me, like given the dynamics, but my wife and kids, they started off with the dark skin Claire and then didn't one random episode. It was just like, Oh, boom. She's, she's taller. She's a little bit more weight to her. She's light skin. She's curly hair. Like, didn't they completely, flip the yes. script or and how did that I go down why they changed it um it was weird because i didn't find like direct information on why it almost kind of sounded like the original claire either couldn't do it anymore or didn't want to do it anymore and so they ended up um basically replacing her but i mean even if that's the case it's like why didn't y'all replace her with somebody who looked similar you know, yeah. like, why did y'all choose this this light-skinned girl with curly hair? It was just weird. Yep, yep. So, I mean, besides colorism that we saw in the late 90s, early 1000s, I think there were some other things that we saw going on with with cultural appropriation. And um, some of our, our beloved pop stars from, you know, the lighter side of the color spectrum. One being the white side, uh, the white side yeah, like <laughs> transparent. Um, but that would be Gwen Stefani, and I found this to be very interesting because I love me some luxurious and Harajuku Barbie. Oh no, wait, Harajuku girl, Harajuku girl. Um, you know, bananas was was the song of middle school for me. We were all singing bananas. That was everybody's ringtone. Yeah. Um. So I I personally kind of like well I think I have an unpopular opinion with Gwen Stefani because I would like to know what is the line between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation and Mm -hmm. for Gwen Stefani because I personally don't feel like she was ever trying to market these styles as her own or as if she was introducing something to someone to me she always used um like for her Harajuku girl series, all of her Asian, all of her Asians, all of her backup dancers were Asians. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of feel like she always made a point to have some type of, I guess, member of the community that she might be using in her videos whenever she was doing it. So I, I personally don't think Gwen Stefani was appropriating. I feel like she was just, you know, trying to express herself through different styles. But I, I guess I can see where other people would get offended. But I would like to know the line. I would like to know when somebody crosses it and what we consider to be offensive and appreciation. Um, I think that's frankly, a good point. I don't, I don't even know if we as Black people, especially when it comes to our culture and the culture vultures that have come for us, I don't even know if we as black people know what that line is. Um, You know, I think it's one thing, like, I know some people argue that Bruno Mars was a cultural vulture, you know, if we're speaking in today's times. 
Um, I don't, I don't really see him as a culture vulture, but I also acknowledge the fact that like Jordan said with Gwen Stefani, she had the Asian dancers. Okay. Bruno Mars had all black backup singers, you know? So it would have been more offensive to me if he had said, let me just hire a bunch of like random white men to sing backup vocals. (laughs) Um, but he did not do that, you know? And so to me, I was like, and he's also a minority himself. So I was like, no, he's not black. I get that. But he is still a minority. And so I I guess for me personally, I didn't look at it as he was trying to like rob us of any of our culture. However, I did question if any other black male singer would have come out with those same kind of songs at that same time, would they have gotten that far? You know? If they sounded good, I think, yeah. I mean... I think it's just about at the end of the day, like for whatever reason with men, it's a lot easier. And if you're semi-attractive and the track sounds good, like you're probably in there, right? I mean, they make it easier for men, but I didn't know that people consider him a culture vulture, honey, Mm because Versace on the floor ain't coming off my phone. So (laughs) y'all can keep that one. I'm sorry. I ain't taking that off my phone. Another controversial one is Justin Timberlake, and he's controversial now, just like he was then, you know, for appropriating Black culture, quote unquote, (laughs) um, to know how you look at it. I personally was always a fan of Justin, and I liked him even more when he left NSYNC and started doing his own thing. Yeah, me too. The only reason I'm mad, I think the only reason I'm mad at Justin Timberlake is because he ain't married no Black woman yet. I I mean, (laughs) other than that, I'm not... I'm not upset by anything Justin has done yet. Yeah. Damn, I like Jessica Biel. You know, to play devil's advocate. I mean, she's cool, but she ain't black. And I just kind of feel like Justin needs a sister in his life. So, <laughs> well, you know, they claim he's messing with that one girl. We're not going to do that today. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wait, are they still married? Is it like, are you yeah. Jessica Biel? Dang. They, they just like had that? a baby, I think. They just had their second yeah. baby. They're still married. Okay. Um, but to play devil's advocate, People do not like Justin. Um, Some people consider him a culture vulture because they feel like he has, you know, basically thrown himself into the R&B world and has taken over and made it seem like, you know, this is his music. This is how he is, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I think that Justin probably always had an interest in doing R&B music, but I Mm -hmm. think, you know, his career clearly in the beginning did not allow for that. So it's possible, but that's just one more example of potential culture vulture. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I feel like with Justin Timberlake, not to like hang up on him too long, but I kind of feel like he also just kind of has one sound, you know, um, and I can't even explain it off the top of my head, but I'm saying this to say he's not somebody who continually like keeps up with the ever evolving sound of R&B or what black people are listening to. He has his one little little sound that he does with him and Timberlake or him and, you know, Missy. And they, they put that out on everything that Justin touches. It's like, to me, it's got a little bit of poppiness into it as well, but it's, it's definitely like just a sound, I think. And maybe right. because it has more like, I don't know, instruments. And I just or thought music, about this whatever, but. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. But he had had issues because I remember when Black Lives Matter movement first started, he was not on, on board. And I remember he had tweeted something about all lives matter. And so I think people came at him. Yeah, I think people came at him for that. But I know with the recent events, since, you know, everybody's on the Black Lives Matter team for the most part now, years later, I know he did post like the black tile on Instagram and say Black Lives Matter. So I guess <laughs> he, he must have finally gotten what was happening out here in the world. But yeah, that's one random side note. He oh, said, yeah. here, here y'all go. Here go this black tile. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I didn't know. Leave it on now. They're going to make this music. Okay, I think we so should talk about what's happening today, yeah. Um, versus then. So talking about body shaming and you know how we look at bodies now, we can go into the Kardashians. Um, Kim being the first one to be praised for her curvaceous fake figure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and even her before, even before it was fake though. Like, yeah. we got to look at when it started. You know, we talked about how, okay, you had Mariah Carey, uh, who do we say, um, Alicia Silverstone, Drew Barrymore, Tyra Banks, you know, back in the day being shamed for just naturally being the way that they were. And then we fast forward to some time later, and Kim Kardashian is praised. She was being praised for that body long before she got surgery. But it's like, as she continued to get surgery, it was like, oh, the butt is okay. Oh, the curves are okay. Oh, yeah, we want just a little bit of extra the thigh meat or whatever. So I got a question then. If Okay, and I really don't know. So was her butt real at the beginning of the TV shows? Because I thought it was fake. Like, I thought she had... Okay, I don't know. Okay, I'm talking a lot. But do y'all remember that episode when they went to the plastic surgeon or to the doctor or something, and then they did x-rays? And they were like, see, Kim's butt isn't, um, it isn't fake. It's real. Because if it was fake, it would have had implants in it. And you didn't see the implants on the x-ray. But I just figured they were on to that injection type stuff way before we even knew what it was. So I was under the impression that Kim's but was always fake for the most part. Like as soon as we started attaching Kim Kardashian to the white or light skinned chick with the with the big booty, I always thought it was fake. And then they just never told the truth because they do that a lot. Like Kylie still ain't admitted to her lip injections to this day. You know what I'm saying? So I thought they just weren't telling us that she had gotten surgery. So mm-hmm. are y'all trying to say that that body was real and now this body now is fake? At some point in time, and oddly enough, the person to tell me this was my mother and she doesn't care a thing about the Kardashians. <laughs> um, but at some point in time, like before people knew their name, I don't know how she knew this, but I remember her telling me way back when that like she always was the just naturally a lot curvier 
than the rest of them. And so I'm not saying every ounce of her is real, obviously, but no, to some extent, at some point before they got all that money and people knew their names, um, she has always had like some curves and somewhat of a of a butt. Um, not to make y'all listen to us talk about Kim K, but yeah. I'm just saying like she's praised for her fake body, but it really started really back when they started realizing who she was was like oh yeah we like that girl with some curves but then I think you said Jordan um I think you were leading into how like Serena Williams you know critiqued for being too muscular yeah yeah and I mean she's another great example uh, also of colorism um, where, I mean, she's a know, professional athlete. Why would yeah. she not be muscular? And you exactly. know what well, that and that goes into too, like her advertisements because y'all notice, like Serena, yes, yeah, she's done some some ads like for Nike and stuff like that, but she didn't get to do as much as that as that white girl got to do, who was like Sharapova. Yes, that one. You know, who was basically trying to rig the game because wasn't she like doing some steroids or something trying to beat Serena? Anyways, that was mm-hmm. a mess. But. She she was a great example of colorism and body shaming because they put Sharapova quickly on everything, everywhere, constantly. You know, she was the white girl. They thought she was cute. She had the body. She had the look. They wanted her everywhere, even though she was not nearly even half or a quarter of the athlete that Serena was. But because Serena was black, she's dark skinned. She was thicker, whatever else. They didn't want her because they didn't want her on their ads. It's just y'all hot mess ridiculous and then um who else has a lot of body shaming today um for being pretty much the opposite of what they claimed they didn't like um kelly clarkson demi lovato both of them are two women who you know how some people just naturally like when they are up they're up and when they're down they're down weight wise Mm -hmm. and they're two and i mean i can relate to that to like how easy it is to gain and um to lose and they both have those those body types like when they gain they gain but when they lose they lose and they've been under so much scrutiny about that and it's just you know it's just nasty and i think it's really warped how we decide like okay yeah it's okay to have a little bit of extra you know a little bit extra around the stomach area and the big butt big boobs um but then you know you have someone like i said Demi Lovato, Kelly Clarkson gains a little bit of weight. Oh, they let themselves go. Like, it's just, I don't know. I can't, I can't deal with the the, the inconsistencies, you know, in people's judgment. And it, I think it's really It's nasty. really none of our business. Like, yeah, what them people too. got going on with their bodies, as long as they keep doing what we like them to do, and that's sing, act, and dance, and, you know, I don't know, play tennis. I mean, what does it matter? Like, yeah. look how you want to look. It's just nasty, yeah. I think, in general, yeah. to body shame people the way that unfortunately the world does um now in terms of we went over some lip singing but we don't have no today news on that for y'all <laughs> we all kind of feel I mean, like if y'all know somebody though if you yeah. know somebody drop it in the comments, in or the comments. <laughs> yeah, DM us and let us know but we all feel like if people are still out here stealing vocals that it's a lot more under wraps than it was back in the day um we talked about culture vultures you know the comparison we definitely need to get into the comparison of the 90s versus now i feel like we talked to y'all about justin timberlake um who's another example you know katie perry anytime a black person is getting hot on the track she makes sure to get her feature real quick so she can <laughs> say she's in with them 
Yeah, and not only that, but like Katy Perry, I think she has even tried to imitate, you know, black styles, um, black hairstyles, things like that. And it's been blatant imitation. It's not like, oh, I just happen to like that style. You can tell she is trying to imitate a culture or a cultural look. Um, and she Katie- came under fire for that. Katy Perry just hits me as one of those white people who just chooses to be like blatantly unaware of her Mm -hmm. own um, ignorance of just other cultures, like not even the black culture, but just other cultures and her cultural appropriation. Like, I feel like she knows that what she does is wrong, but all it takes is like two people on her team to be like, oh, but no, girl, you're good. You're good. We're good. We're good. She's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then they just go with it. And I just don't like Katie. I I really just don't care for her. I don't know what it is about her. Happy for her and her baby though, but um, I just don't really care for Katy Perry. Yeah. And honestly, she's not really worth going on and on about, but yeah, Mm -hmm. culture vulture. Um, Miley Cyrus, this one is is interesting because we have (laughs) at least two Miley Cyrus fans on here. Ooh, one, I'm one, I'm one. And how, how you knew we wanted them to know that? You didn't have to do it like that. I am not a Miley Cyrus fan, never have been, never well, will be. Let me, let me rephrase, I'm a Bayer fan. Let me tell y'all, and this is, that's the problematic part to me, is that as Black people, we allow white people to come in, rip our culture, rip our songs, and we jam out to it, praise it, love it, and then act surprised when they no longer want anything to do with us and turn around and tear our music down. So I don't like Miley for that reason. I knew Miley was just using us for some clout because she wanted to have her quote-unquote bad girl movement. Anytime they want to be a bad girl, they're going to go to the black side, which is a problem within itself. And black people sat right there and boosted her head up. And then what did she turn around and do? Okay. She went back to her country music. But let me say and this. Poorly about black music. So y'all go right ahead. Let me just say this to my own defense. Um, I was not surprised when Kylie went back. I mean, Kylie, when Molly went back to her country music. Um, and if you watch some of the videos and interviews that she did now, you're right, Dice. She was just trying to go through a bad girl phase, which I always feel like she was try hard when she was doing it, but you cannot deny that Bangers album. However, I also noticed that she was going through things in her personal life too, because she was married or like dating or engaged to Liam. And then when she went through her bangers phase, they were on a break. And then once she, you know, snapped out of that bangers phase, then she was right back with him. And I felt like you could always tell, but that's not the true Miley. Like when she got back with him after her whole bad girl break, to me, I was like, there's still like a difference in their personalities. And as you can see, their relationship still didn't last. And she still is making, you know, random and wild. And I don't know, in my opinion, like ill-informed decisions sometimes. Like, and if you look at who she's dated since him, it's just like, okay, well, Molly, like, what are you doing? But she's happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's going to feel like that wasn't necessarily a bad girl break. I think that was just Miley for real, for real, finding herself and being like, well, I think this is how I want to do it. And then realizing, okay, well, I'm not quite hip hop, but I'm somewhere in between, you know, like I do enjoy country music because I feel like her voice sounds amazing when she sings country songs, but I'm not just country Miley either. Like I'm somewhere in between the two. And she was just going through a journey trying to find that. But that's and I will say, and Jordan can attest to this because you like Bangers as well. But Bangers yeah. was not like a hip hop album. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't at all. She had that. I think what did it for people is she had that one, that one single. You know, the Jays on my feet or whatever they put her on the track. Um, 
and then the twerking thing with Robin Thicke. I don't really know what happened with that. But yeah, oh yeah, that was trifling. She had really, I mean, it's, it's not like she tried to go full blown hip hop. And I think that when she made her comments about like, like I'm definitely not taking up for her because at the end of the day, um, Miley Cyrus don't need me to defend her on any level. <laughs> but I do think that when she made her comments about like regrets that she had, I know I kind of took it as like um it's some stuff that she did that she knew wasn't her and she wishes that she would not have done that just to try to you know I don't know get to wherever she was trying to get but I was gonna go on the tip that Jordan was on was like I think anyone who was a Miley Cyrus fan pre-bangers could clearly see that like she was in some heavy pain because I don't think she thought that breakup was gonna come and so I do think that sometimes people just act out of character and do things that they never would have done before when they're going through a tough time. Um, but I do agree with you, Dice. I mean, I do think people have a tendency to try to seem, you know, just whatever it is that they associate with, oh, I'm going through my wild phase. And I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. They don't always necessarily go to hip hop and RB. Sometimes they try to get all emo when they're like, well, I'm going <laughs> through it and like cross over into the, the heavy metal rock genre that also wants nothing to do with them because they don't know the craft but I mean I don't know so he's just on with the whole Miley thing um and now I don't know how I feel about another one people be claiming um Ariana Grande yeah yeah I don't know how I feel um, about that one I'm not I mean don't get me wrong I think Ariana Grande is talented she can definitely sing I'm not going to debate that um I think the issue people have taken with her and this is not my opinion this is just stuff I've read because frankly I don't listen to Ariana enough to really have a formal opinion or follow her but you're playing devil's advocate here basically people feel like she's a fraud because you know she tries to to act as if she is of a different race. So mm -hmm. she is Italian, but I think when she first came out, people thought she was Spanish, um, which <laughs> you could argue maybe those are similar. I don't know. And I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth, especially not my own. But <laughs> the bottom line is, <laughs> bottom line is people were confused about her identity. And then also people feel like, similar to how some people feel about the Kardashians, that she tries to rob black culture so it's like oh i'm gonna do my nails the way they do their nails i'm gonna you know lay my edges the way that they lay their edges or whatever you know what i'm saying it could be anything but i think people feel like she has dabbled in that whole culture vulture thing by taking from black cultures or other cultures and trying to make it her own right right i feel like the issue with ariana grande is a people problem not an ariana problem from what you've just said, it sounds like they just misidentified her. Doesn't sound like Ari was trying to be misidentified, but you know, that's just me. Yeah, I think yeah, she's we'll been know. I think she's been very um forthcoming about who she is and what she wants. I mean, from day one, she's been, in my eyes, like uh, kind of almost like another um Christina Aguilera, so to speak. Like from day one, she's been that white girl that loved R and B music and could blow. Um well, I guess we were never like, well, I guess I wasn't confused about Christina's identity because we always knew like well, Christina she was not as tan, half Spanish, you know, Christina, Christina ain't tan. And I think that's where um, yeah. that's yeah. honestly, that's what it is. It's because, you know, Ariana's got a little bit of a tan and it's like, OK, Grande, where's that last name coming from? It's mm -hmm. open for interpretation. And I guess because she doesn't sit in interviews or whatever and say, oh, this is everything I am. A lot of people feel like, well, what is she? Is she biting off of this culture? Is she biting off of that culture? Yeah, and I true. think that 
you know, sometimes ignorance um, is bliss, but I do think that for a long time, she probably looked at it in a sense of to where, oh, why does that matter? I'm just trying to make music. And a lot of these artists don't understand, like, nah, you better clear that up because to some people it matters. Well, to wrap up the culture vultures of today, um, the biggest shift that I have noticed from back then to now is that now, like, Black people are under attack. Right. Um, versus in the past, I feel like Black people weren't, but I, mean, I don't know if we were doing so much culturing and vulturing either, but now they claim that, you know, Black people are culture vultures. Uh, one example, real quick, is Pharrell Williams. They accused him, this was like, I think, 2014? And it was a while back, but he wore a native headdress on the cover of a magazine. And, you know, that was that did not go well. Mm. And, um, you know, from what I read, he did not make the decision to put that headdress on. He actually had on that other hat that he likes to wear all the time, that weird-looking hat. That yeah. smoky bear detective yes. hat. <laughs> he actually had that on, but they decided, like, I guess the powers that be in the magazine felt like it was going to be a better look if he had on the native headdress. And he just went along with it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was some backlash. But, yeah, that's one example. Another more pertinent example is I'm personally offended by this is Beyonce um, I what? love Beyonce I don't care what nobody says but nevertheless the plain devil's advocate here they feel as if she appropriates black uh, excuse me African culture in black is king and they also accused her of appropriating Indian culture in that Coldplay video so I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on that because y'all know I don't agree with any of it man Ain't no Beyonce slander in this house, okay? Yeah, so. I mean, both of those projects were amazing. Don't really know what they're talking about. It's kind of like enough said on that. Beyonce did no such, so. And- yeah, it's weird because I've seen it to where, especially when Black Panther came around, you know, um, a lot of uh, African-Americans or Black people in America, however you want to refer to this, um, was on the whole, like, let's be more proud of our heritage. Let's wear more, you know, African-style clothing. And I don't know a lot of African people. I know like a couple, but they were either like super offended by black Americans wearing African clothing, or they were like, I'm glad y'all are wearing it, but I want y'all to know what it is that y'all are wearing. Right. And I can respect that. Um, The few people I know who, and the reason I say few is because I know very few people who like grew up in their African culture. I know some people who have come to learn their roots um, as I aspire to, and, you know, they try to live in that now, but the few people I know who grew up, like, in their African culture, who saw Black is King, thought it was amazing, like, they were happy to see, um, you know, her putting that on a platform, and her showing people, you know, how beautiful everything about, (laughs) everything about Black people is, and so I don't really know where people coming from, I, I think that's kind of, you know, I'll say this, maybe I'm a little bit biased because I am a major stan from a girl, Queen B. Um, But I think that we have to be careful with this because it's a dangerous thing if a black woman, black man can't pay, you know, homage to their own African roots. I I think that's way too divisive. That's way too divisive and um, you know, I just feel like you have to have some room for grace. And at the end of the day, you know, and we don't have to get that deep into it, but I just feel like it's not our fault that we grew up in America and not in Africa. Like we didn't have, we don't have control exactly. over our 
lack of exposure. And yes, self-knowledge is a beautiful thing. So get your DNA test if you trust it. Do your research and try to, you know, stand more in what your history and your heritage shows that you are. But I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Like if I learned that I'm, you know, have some Nigerian um, heritage in my, in my lineage tomorrow, I don't feel like that's right for a Nigerian person to, you know, try to shame me from paying homage Uh to that. Like I'm learning about who I am. So we got to be careful with that. And I was going to say that exact same thing, Megan, And I think that it's sad that as, you know, we're so used to seeing negative depictions of African culture on TV, you know, like poor, impoverished people, um, you know, hungry children, that by the time we see someone actually show the, the beauty of that continent and the things to be happy about and take pride in, we think there's something wrong with that second depiction as compared to the first. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the sad part mm-hmm. that we, as people who are descendants of that continent have been so brainwashed in where we come from, like you said. And so it is time to get informed and it is time to do a DNA test. And there are some um, black owned like DNA test companies. And I apologize because I cannot think of the name of one off the top of my head, but I do know there is one out there and we will figure it out and, you know, like add it in the comments or something like that. But you do need to get a DNA test. And I just want to say, I know I'm Nigerian. My best friend is Nigerian. And so she always tells me every day, you're Nigerian, you're Nigerian. I know I am Yoruba, by the way. So if she's listening, she's going to be like, all right, I taught Jordan right. Because I know, I know where I come from. <laughs> that's, that's fancy. Yeah, yeah. So you do the test, but I know, all I know is Cameroon, Cameroon, Cameroonian. Off the top of my head, that was like a big one. But I don't know nothing else. But at least I know that much. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything shamefully, but I aspire yeah. to, and that's one yeah. of my 2020 aspirations is to get that information. But, you know, I didn't yep. mean to like direct this onto a tangent, but, you know, I initially, I, good felt, <laughs> I initially felt strong because it was Beyonce. But then as I was listening to Dice, I was like, hold up, uh-uh. <laughs> we got to get into this. But yes. what about, um? I think the last aspect we gave y'all in terms of like pop culture with 90s and 2000s um, was colorism. And we all know that's definitely still going on today with just the amount of black men. Um, and it's so funny because it always seems to be dark skinned black men, ironically. But like, yeah. they'll say, oh, yes, I love black women, but you know, they don't want a dark skinned woman. They they want someone mixed or, or light skinned. Um, or whatever, you know, Kodak Black. It pains me to say this, but Dwayne Carter, Lil Wayne. Y'all don't know this about me. I used to be so in love with Lil Wayne. Like, couldn't tell me nothing. Um, But his comments and his opinions have disappointed me so as an adult. But, you know, I mean, what do y'all feel about that? Like, these men who are Black men who will say, oh, yeah, I want me a Black woman, just just not a dark-skinned woman, you know? Or I don't really like Black girls that way. I'd be so sick of them, man. I, I I just I'm I'm just so sick of it. Um, because I feel like it's a constant conversation. It's we're constantly giving this, you know, attention and trying to be like or make sense of it, you know. Um, shoot. At this point, 
and Kodak Black in jail. Um, at this point, <laughs> hasn't Lil Wayne just given up on black women completely? Uh, at this point, who's really, you know, chased behind 50 Cent, if you want to throw him out there for the comments he made a few weeks ago about, I want something that looked like it just came off a boat. I want something which exotic. Which is ignorant. Which ignorant. is stupid, because you did come off a boat. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You know? so at this point, I don't got time to give people like that attention, because that's just stupid. Like, that's just stupidity on their part. Um, and child, it, it's plenty of other men out here in this world who, who aren't thinking like that. So go on about your little, your colorist thoughts. Um, cause I ain't trying to be with you. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say, I think it's just self-hate manifesting itself. Agreed. And I think they, they have not reached a level of maturity, um, in order to say like, let me look at myself and see why do I feel so strongly about something that's really not that serious. Um, and so as a result, they just keep making these comments because they think they're funny, but it's like, sir, you don't have to, you don't have to like me. You don't have to like the next girl. You can like whatever you want, but let's not disparage black women of any complexion just because you may have some sort of preference for whatever reason. You know, I just don't see why we always have to be like the butt of the joke. And, you know, for the record, I'm a light-skinned black woman and I feel this way. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. I feel this way. And I'm just like, I don't agree with the way that they treat black women in general and especially dark-skinned black women. I just don't agree with it. But that's my two cents. So I'm with you. My mom is light-skinned and she feels the same way you do. Like she doesn't understand it. She feels like she she used to tell me as a kid all the time like oh, I love how chocolate your skin is like I wish I was that dark and like she doesn't understand it either why there's so much back and forth about you know oh I need light skin over dark skin it's just like what like why do y'all do this to our people but anyways and that's why I'm glad Beyonce made projects like Black is King so for the young you know dark skin girls light skin girls mixed girls you know any girl who identifies as black but for whatever reason you look in the mirror and you may feel like your skin isn't the representation or what you see on tv i'm glad that we have people like beyonce and projects like black is king and songs like brown skin girl to make you feel proud about however you look but just knowing that you are black like that alone is what you should be proud of um because you know there are a lot of people who can take that pride away from you you know regardless yeah. of how you look, try to pit us against each other as women or pit us against each other as um a race you know between light skin and dark skin and you know thin and you know full figured or you know long hair short hair coarse hair you know soft hair yeah. i mean however you want to do it there's just so many ways that we can be divided but at the end of the day we are all black so you know I just appreciate the, um, even though, you know, we still have colorism going on, as we said, I just appreciate the steps and strides that people who have the capacity to make changes have made, because I think for a long time that there's just such a large portion of us as Black women that felt ignored. Um, and so it's, it's the little things for me, like, I love that rihanna's um fenty beauty line you know has all of those shades of the foundation mm -hmm. because i'm sure so many black women can talk about you know how there were days where maybe the big company companies weren't making things that could you know match a, a darker complexion the right way mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know and it's even sparked all these other industries to where it's like okay you're gonna put out these um these shapewear things for us to buy okay you got to have more than just that nude shade like mm -hmm. we don't all look like that nude looks different for everyone so mm -hmm. I appreciate the small strides that we're making and I look forward to the day to where 
we can get past this light skin versus dark skin thing because yeah you know, my fiance is as light as dice, so you know, telling what these kids finna look like. <laughs> bringing up in here, I feel like we're gonna have one dark, one light, a little medium. You know, we're gonna have some everything going on. So, yeah, I don't know. My fiance light too, so Jesus, I don't know. They might be pale. I was about to say, now them kids going to be like that orange, that orange tone. You know, they going like that orange, that orange tone. You know, they going like you never know how kids can like pull from you know older generations because mm-hmm. me for example my parents are like brown skin you know my brother as well then I pull from my mom's mom and my dad's dad you know on their mm-hmm. side so it's funny how kids you know and genetics work but that's the beauty of being black we're just so magical you just never know what you're gonna pull out that hat you never you know, know what you're gonna get our all. hair grows overnight. Our kids change colors. We all just, <laughs> you know, we just out here. You're right. You're right. So, to wrap up, you guys, um, you know, right now, we don't really know exactly what the it look is. You know, back then in the 90s, 2000s, it definitely seemed to be heavily focused on light skin. Um, I feel like in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, it's kind of been a blur. And I feel like the more racially ambiguous you are, the more successful you are going to be. Um, just to name off some examples, like Zendaya, you know, she's a beautiful girl. She's obviously biracial. Um, Jason Momoa, I don't need to go into any more detail. That man fine as mm. hell. Um, but again, racially ambiguous people where you're kind of but like, you- what are they? Yeah, they're beautiful people. So I'm like, I think that's kind of like taken over today where you're seeing more and more of that. Um, but we do have more representation, I think, in the movies as far as like the full gamut of Black people and their complexions. I don't think we have as many Black TV shows as we did in the 90s, which is kind of sad. But yeah. there's that. Yeah. It makes me sad. Um, but, you know, y'all know we got to close this thing out with some some juiciness some not your average news of things that have just been going on over the past like week and a half, two weeks, whatever. Um, We have Black Emmy nominations. Some goats were nominated. I know Jordan is super excited about Zendaya getting her shine. Um, That's really exciting. I know who else is nominated. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross for her role in Blackish. Um, we got some good stuff going on. I think Billy Porter was nominated again mm-hmm. for Pose. So we yeah. got some good stuff going on. Make sure y'all virtually tune in for that. I don't know when it is, but you know, I'm here for everybody who's black in the words of Issa. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so petty, but the ratchet side of me and Jordan had to bring this up. Jada, Jada Waiter got herself Jada a birthday and the streets was mad. So Big man, you know, still man. In the words of the current president's ex-wife, don't get mad, get everything. Y'all stop hating <laughs> on that girl. Go get your money. Go get your own Berkus. So you don't have to be mad at her, okay? Woke up to it, though. She woke up to it. <laughs> oh, goodness. What else happened this week, y'all? I'm trying to think. The the Netflix um, black, black TVs are streaming on Netflix. <laughs> Black, black TVs, yes. <laughs> black shows. Oh my goodness, yes, I can't no. my words. Black shows are, are streaming on the Netflix. Black TV shows. I'm just gonna give up on Jordan. Um, the black TV <laughs> shows are <laughs> streaming on Netflix. Moesha is currently on. It's been on since the first. Uh, the game is on on the 15th. Sister, sister, September 1st. Girlfriend, September 11th. The Parkers, October 1st. 
half and half October 15th and my personal fave one-on-one -on -one is also October 15th let me just say so y'all get to watching Jordan ain't on Twitter so she don't know don't but and dice I don't know how often you get on but I tweeted something yesterday I was like Brandy can go ahead and scrap that Moesha reboot idea because it's clear that y'all hated her character okay I've been seeing like <laughs> And it's probably valid criticism, but um, I've seen nothing but complaints as people have been watching Moesha back. Like, everybody's talking about how horrible of a friend she was, how horrible of a person her character was. And I was like, we don't need to bring it back because if y'all going to complain like this about <laughs> watching it, I can only imagine what the reboot is going to be like. So tell her just keep the idea because, I mean, I'm all for an opinion, but I was like, dang, is there anything y'all liked about the show now that you're watching it back? Is, is there anything you enjoy? Um, Jordan. Hmm. Now I heard this, but you know I don't know, so you're gonna have to get into it. Uh, people have problems with Miel Organics this week or last week. Yes. So, um, Miel Organics, which is a black-owned hair care line, um, and mainly is used for natural hair, they got into it with one of the YouTubers, one of the local net, well, not local, but one of the more famous um, natural hair YouTubers, and I believe her name is like Lynn Linda. I know it's something Lynn in it. But anyway, she's known for doing natural hair videos on YouTube. And so she did a review of Miel Organic's most recent hairline, which is the rice, um, rice water line. And while she was, you know, using the product in her video, she was making commentary about the consistency of the product. She talked about um, the hold of the product, depending on your hair texture. I mean, she just went into it like an expert would you know because she is she's someone who does these videos all the time um and I did I did watch the video and I won't necessarily say her overall tone was negative but I mean I mean she was just being truthful I mean like you can find your positives in her statements where you could but for the most part she was saying well I like this but I don't like this and at the end of the day this isn't the best hairline that I've used for x y and z but it's it's okay you know for the price point it's okay so supposedly Miel Organics got into the comment section up underneath this video and told the YouTuber that she used the product incorrectly. And so um, if you watch her reaction video to this where she explains what happened, she did talk about how she was offended that she would get on her YouTube channel in her comment box and say that in front of her subscribers, you know. Um, and so one thing kind of led to another. And all I know is that it ended with the husband of the owner of Miel Organics calling the YouTuber on her cell phone at night. I believe she said it was like around 8, 39 o'clock, called her. And I mean, it just, it blew up. It turned into a whole argument. Um, she felt like they were trying to intimidate her, um, you know, and scare her into changing her opinion of the product. And, um, you know, they were trying to shame her for what she said about the product in her video. And she just kind of felt like at the end of the day, this is my opinion. I purchased the products with her, you know, my own money. She kept saying, I purchased it with my own money. This is my opinion. This is what I do. My, my subscribers come to me because they trust me to give a truthful review of the product. And that's what I did. And I didn't necessarily shame it. You know, I just was being honest and it, it really did turn into an entire fiasco and it turned into a, um, cancel meal organics movement mm. on online and within the YouTube community. And a lot of people who have experiences with meal organics, whether they were like some type of product ambassador, or if they did a review 
um, of them for whatever reason started sharing um, pretty much similar interactions with them just about how they were unprofessional or Mm. um, they didn't have their things organized. It it actually is pretty sad because I personally love Miel organic products. Um, I'm fully stocked actually, which sucks. Girl said fully stocked. Fully stocked, yeah. So that's us. But Megan, Dice, I'm curious. I know you said me, but Dice is the only one of us three who has a YouTube channel. And Dice, I'm curious to know, like, <laughs> what would you have done in this situation? Like, I'm. It's not funny, but I would like live for the day that a company thought they could come on Dice YouTube channel and say, "Well, you did it wrong. <laughs> you, you did it wrong." Like, I feel like. Ooh, they wouldn't know who they was messing with. What would you do if this happened to you? Um, I honestly think I would I would have taken the same approach as the other YouTuber did. I mean, quite frankly, it's my channel and I have a right to say what I want on here. And if you don't like it, then, you know, tough cookies. Like, you know, like, I mean, YouTube is a platform that allows for, you know, your free speech and and she has a right to her opinion, just like they have a right to theirs. But I just think it's, it's really sad for any company to go and argue with somebody about a product. Like if they didn't like it, they didn't like it. There are ways of handling things. But I wouldn't even like the fact that she even got on the phone with them. I probably wouldn't even have done that. I'm like, there's nothing more for us to discuss. I mean, unless you want to send me a different product to try, but right. it's like, I'm not going to go back and change my opinion. And then what's really funny, just a little YouTube insight is they probably thought that this was going to make her look bad. But in reality, like, just like anything else, drama sells. So all they are doing is helping her. Like, they're helping her platform mm-hmm. even more because now she probably has another story to tell. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to get her more subscribers, more views, more likes. So they really just did her a favor without even knowing it. Yeah, the part that really threw me is Jordan was like, giving us the spill was the husband calling her. I was just like, whoa, like, hold up now. This has gone way too far. And now you calling me on my on my phone? Like, this is, this is too much. Um, I don't know. Jordan is the meal organics expert on this on this podcast okay to, to be honest I'm, I'm probably not going to stop buying that pomegranate and honey line because i love it so much oh, that's so. The one and, I for your hair. and that mint it's i don't know it's green but the the mint something line that's a good one too i like to use the edge control it did make my edges grow which was kind of crazy because i never thought an edge control could really do that but mm. it actually did yeah um, i've only yeah. bought one set of their products and i used it one time before i got my Knotless braids, so I don't really have a review <laughs> as of yet. I mean, my fiance said my hair smelled really good, so that was oh. that was a plus. But um, I think my picture looks good. I think my twist out looked good, so I'll stay tuned. I don't know. I I don't really have any feelings about it because I don't. I'm not that tied in with them yet. Um, Ellen. So the Ellen show is under investigation, y'all. The streets said that it's a hostile work environment and. Um, people don't treat you right, and it's all types of drama. And I mean, that's that's literally what they said. Like, they said they don't treat I'm you not right. Laughing. I'm just laughing at how you said it. People don't treat you right. That's right what now. they said. They said they don't treat you right. Is <laughs> you know toxic and discrimination and all these things going on. Um, they're under investigation, and Ellen allegedly wants to quit the show. So I don't know. Y'all Google that, and y'all stay tuned for updates on that because that one kind of threw me um all right y'all know we gotta talk about 
this video, this song, it then dropped with Cousin Meg um, and Cardi B. WAP. Oh my gosh. So many thoughts about this. I have to admit, I listened to the song first on Apple and then I went to go look up the video. Watching the video helped me like it more because when I first listened to the song, I was like, eh. I was like, it's that right. It's not all that. I mean, Meg went hard. I, I will say yeah. that. Like Meg, yeah. Meg saved the song, in my opinion. Um, you you Barty fans or whatever she calls her people, don't come for me. That's what I think. Um, I think Meg saved the song, but the video definitely is definitely one of those songs. Remember back in the day where like your song pretty much wouldn't be successful if you didn't release a music video with it? Remember those days? I feel yeah. like I feel like the video saved the song, just in my opinion. Um, what y'all think? Um, well, I like you when I first heard the song, and I'll be honest, I wasn't really like listening to it, but just off of first impressions, it wasn't the beat like I was expecting in the beginning. So that kind of turned me off. And I think just listening to it without watching the video, I was already just a little disappointed. But then the next day I did go back and I watched the video because there was so much controversy about it online and watching the video that did make me like the song a little bit more. And then I finally listened to the lyrics and um, that made me like the song a lot more because I, I like them lyrics. But um, I was excited to see the little dance breaks that they had in there. I thought it was cute to see, you know, Cardi and Meg busting a little eight count because you don't always see, especially Cardi, you don't really see her doing that a lot. Um, Meg has shown us that, you know, she can do a little one too, but you don't really see Cardi moving like that. Just her, you know, same old little little movements and stuff like that. But um, I thought those parts were cute. Dice. Yeah, I mean, I was cool with it. Like, the song was straight to me from when I heard it. Um, I thought the video was cute. I appreciate the throwback, you know, vibes from the 90s hairstyles and the BAPS vibes that I got from it. So I was all for it, personally. I, I like the song, like the video. I know them hairstylists was excited. They were like, <laughs> yes, these girls about to start coming in every two weeks again for the wash and press. About to be back in to the side. Please. Um, I know that for me, like, so we, we obviously, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't address the fact that there were a lot of people who did not approve that Miss Kylie Jenner um was in the video and Cardi's um I feel like Cardi indirectly spoke out about it on Twitter and she basically just said like she appreciated all the women who participated in the music video. Normani was up in there, she had a cute little dance break. Um, and Cardi said that she just wanted women of different races, different influence um, in the video. And that was that. And, you know, I know Meg went live that night, but she didn't address it or anything like that. Um, so, you know, people were angry, but I feel like to each his own, you know, at the end of the day, what I will say about it is strategic moves on move on Cardi's end. Because for anyone who wasn't going to watch the video, once they saw people complaining about the fact that Kylie was in it, they definitely went to go look it up, which contributed to the views. Um, in, you know, true black girls fashion, I do feel like I have to turn this into an educational moment, especially with all the things that we were talking about, you know, just today earlier with our topic. Um, I would say for me, the biggest headline about this video is, did y'all see where a Republican... Um, who's running for Congress somewhere in California, like criticized them and was talking about how he accidentally heard their song. Um, 
and, you know, saying that Meg and Cardi were the examples of what happens when children are raised without God and without a strong father figure and how he felt like he wanted to pour holy water in his ears um, after hearing the song. And he feels sorry for future girls who, you know, have them as a role model. Um, first and foremost, I thought it was funny that he tried to say he heard it accidentally. Because how did you accidentally come across their new song the night it came out like you're not fooling nobody you clearly went to go look it up but that just really bothered me um you know it's just a classic example once again of someone who cannot relate to black people someone who is not black putting their nose all the way in our business um trying to tell us what's appropriate trying to tell us how to live and I just felt like how judgmental of you like to say that they must have been raised without God because they wrote an explicit song and had a video like where they were embracing their bodies. I really hated that. Um, well, and I don't feel like, him... oh, go ahead. Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say somebody should have told him to say that about Kylie too. Cause she was showing up walking through the video. So right. yeah, I was just going to say that black male rappers have been making derogatory statements and saying nasty things on songs for decades and nobody has ever like come for their necks. So I don't see why it's an issue when women do it. It's just a double standard. Right. And and when black um men do it, I mean it's like you said, it's derogatory. I feel like in this, I mean, they were talking about themselves. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes like women, we just we just can't win when it comes to um, people like that. I think his name is like James Bradley or something like that. But we just his name is unimportant. Him. That's his name. Don't nobody care. <laughs> but I mean, in the event that we have a a Republican listener from California at some point who's considering voting for this man, I want them to know. You know, you don't need to vote for him because he has too too many negative views on women um and is trying to limit us on how vocal we can be about sexuality or embracing our body or whatever it wasn't his place he shouldn't have said anything if you didn't like the song or the video you don't have to listen to it again um and i didn't like that i was just like but you know black twitter ate him up so you know telling if his account is even still up (laughs) i'm just being honest because they go in Y'all done scared that man off the internet? Probably not. Probably not. Well, last but not least, y'all, before we wrap up completely, uh, if you have not watched Black is King with Beyonce, I highly recommend you do get into the whole outfits, the looks, and everything. Go get your life. Please go get your life. Yes. Yep, and I mean, I guess that's that's pretty much it for this episode of Not Your Average Black Girls. Thank you for <laughs> for sitting and listening, and uh, be sure to catch us in another week or so for the next episode. We love y'all. We thank y'all. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.